1: from NOLA Pizza in the NOLA Brewing Tap Room on Chapatula Street in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business Professor and Director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Rashuti. Welcome
2: to Out to Lunch. For a good deal of human history, if you wanted something done, you had to do it yourself. As society became more stratified, we developed divisions of labor. Today... Things are so specialized, people over 60 comment that this current generation can't do anything for themselves. This, Despite the fact that kids are writing code that powers the platforms these commenters are posting on, they nonetheless grumble that kids can't read cursive, and pointing at the proliferation of coffee shops, they complain, wow, and kids can't even make their own cup of coffee. I'm not sure my guest John Puckett subscribes to all that, but John does have a coffee shop in uptown New Orleans where he won't make you a cup of coffee. The Current Crop Roasting Shop on Magazine Street doesn't sell cups of coffee. It only sells coffee beans. And what's more, you can't even take these coffee beans home and make yourself a pot of coffee because they're green beans. What you can do at Current Crop Roasting Shop is roast the beans yourself. You pick the beans you like from a wide selection, and you use one of John's coffee roasting machines to roast them just the way you like them. John Puckett, welcomed out to lunch. Thank you, glad to be here. Of course, even if you're the handiest DIY person on earth, you can't make everything yourself, though Celia Isabel is doing a pretty good job of making uh, a bunch of it. Celia's company, Nola Talk, spelled T A W K, makes home goods, gifts, tabletop decorations, pet accessories, and children's clothing. Nola Talk's top selling items are children's sleepwear and onesies. They design all their products here in New Orleans. They sell some directly to consumers online, but mostly they wholesale them to stores and sellers across the country.
3: Celia, Isabel,
2: welcomed out to lunch.
3: Thank you. Happy to be here.
2: John, I realize a lot has to happen before I take a sip of my coffee in the morning. Coffee beans have to be grown, harvested, shipped, roasted, packaged, ground, and brewed. For most people, the earliest they get into that timeline would be grinding their own beans. But you're inviting folks to go one step earlier and roast their own beans. I would have thought only a serious coffee connoisseur would need to select particular coffee beans and roast them themselves but you have a storefront on Magazine Street so I imagine this is something that regular folks do on a regular basis maybe you could start by explaining why what does an average coffee drinker gain by roasting their own beans
1: well I didn't know this market existed at all till I bought an e-commerce company that sells all over the world to home roasters And so my bankers and marketers would ask, how big is this market? And I'm like, we have no idea because (laughs) it's just growing exponentially. Um, But we ship all over the world out of there. So then we decided that New Orleans would be a good place to start a retail version of our e-commerce. So I wanted to go to Magazine Street. It's the only place I wanted to be. And so we opened up our flagship store here because we felt there's a good coffee history in new orleans and it was close by our warehouse in jackson mississippi so all of our coffee beans are traceable back to the farm that they were grown on and that's how specific we get on which beans we get we buy Um, the traders that we deal with we deal with about six traders and their reputations on the line also and so catherine who runs our operation here, she is a Q grader, which is equivalent to a wine sommelier. So she's always getting samples from farmers, Burundi or Rwanda or Colombia to try. So she cups coffees and scores them and determines what score that we can, if we we're going to buy it and bring it in or not.
2: Well, that's so uh, we another can, degree I could get. So
1: we can trace... Today I brought down some coffee. We were having a question about uh, flavoring in Jackson, to taste, she's gonna cup it, and we can trace that all the way back to the exact, to the lot number on that farm, to uh, if there's a problem with the coffee.
2: Now Celia, you launched NOLA Talk in 2010, so you've had a successful business long enough to be described as established. You started out selling New Orleans themed kitchen towels. Today you have a wide range of products from Christmas tree ornaments to dog toys and you specialize predominantly in children's clothing. Your business is mostly wholesale, which means that you add a new item and you have to be able to deliver lots of them. And stores typically buy a long way out, a six months, maybe maybe even a year. So NOLA talk is obviously an operation that runs on planning and logistics. What's your method of deciding what to add uh, to your line of products?
3: What we normally do is we have two showrooms. Um, One is located in Dallas and the other one is in Atlanta. And we uh, do all the designs. Then we get all of our, they're called strike off, it's kind of a sample. And we send it to the showroom. So stores go and buy at least six, if not a year in advance. So we get pre-order. So that helps us plan ahead of time, how much or how little to order or which prints are more popular than the other ones. And besides that, we always have um, New Orleans theme items that are like our core that they don't change, and we have them all year long. And um, since we're here, so a lot of our local companies buy them all all, all year long, whether they're um, you know the ones that are like Cafe Du Monde, we have a print for them, and um, several local other stores.
2: Now, you, one of the things I was thinking when I was doing the research for this is that Dallas must have been chosen because that's the big showcase every year right yeah
3: we have it there that is the biggest one uh, that there well most southern stores like to go there to the dallas one so yeah that's the main showroom but we also have it in atlanta and we're trying to expand to las vegas john
2: you've got what is it like 70 beans i mean uh i guess people want that kind of selection it seems i, I would be stunned and didn't know what to order
1: well our e-commerce business carries 150. So narrowing it down to 78, the architect only let me have 78. (laughs) So narrowing it down was a tough decision between all of us on which ones got to come down or not, which beans made it. So um, it is a hard choice. It's one of the things we weren't prepared for is the customer walking in and being overwhelmed. So we have them all in an area called the bean library as the architect <laughs> and designer came up with. And it's basically like a library and you go in and all the beans by region. And it's overwhelming. And, and we didn't realize, we thought we weren't serving enough beans, selling enough of them by only having 78. And now we, you know, we could get by with 30 just about probably because it's overwhelming. But the longer we've been open, the more people's knowledge and taste and all has grown they want to see 78 coffees and then you know so it, it's it's a hard decision to make but we help them you know we, customer service we have all our people are trained all of our employees right now and we've been open six seven months our customer are people that were customers of ours so we can help you when you get in there whether you like low acidity or more fruit or chocolate or you know it, it's so we, we do, our staffs train real well, and then Catherine's got the credentials that she trains them all real well with that. Celia, one of the
2: factors that goes into your business here is your, it's organic cotton, it's the, I um, can't remember the name of the, uh, the ink.
3: Water-based ink. Water-based
2: ink. You're really all in here. Um, were you like this from the very beginning, or has it evolved?
3: Well, we started printing locally, but we discover, like, soon in the journey that everybody does plastic which is plastic, uh, basically turned into ink. Um, pretty much everybody who screens, prints, uses that. And the reason it's popular is because it never dries, because it's plastic on the screen. So it's easier for them to produce. But then it is on the landfill, and it stays there forever because it cannot be dissolved. So we didn't want to be part of that. We wanted to be part of the solution. So we started investigating, we discovered, with organic cotton you don't get allergies it's better for babies the farmers get paid better they have better uh, lifestyle for their kids and their families so we wanted to be part of that so we started using only certified God's organic fabrics and then we looked into inks and there's something called water-based inks that if you put it in the landfill in a few days it'll dissolve so you're not uh, contaminating the environment and that's how we started. And then our packaging is eco-friendly, it dissolves too. and uh, we try to do as little plastic or as little contamination as possible and try to bring to life the designs that we like and wanna give to our customers.
2: John, we've had people on the show that were bookstores that added a bar, then we've had um, pickleball uh, facility
1: that added a bar, and you're (laughs) adding coffee, cocktails? Well, we're going to teach classes on that. We have a very wide range of classes and so we're that's the, the current one we're doing now is a pastry pairing with coffee. and the next one we are roll out will be a coffee cocktail. So they'll roast their own coffee in the store at, at the class and then we'll use coffee that's already been roasted to uh, mixed different cocktails.
2: <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. This is going to be This is going to be You know I I would think there'd be a certain amount of pride that you took it one step back and it's yours uh, for customers.
1: Yeah, that I think that's a big part of um of roasting coffee and it's um it's if you look a lot of our reviews on our e-commerce business, it's people they're not reviewing our business, they're reviewing their roast on how they did it. They want to tell everybody how they did it. So I tell people it's a lot like the barbecue business where people always say, hey, those are the best ribs I've ever had. You ought to start selling them down at the corner. And that's what happens here. A lot of our customers are home roasters and then they go to the farmer's market and start selling. Then they buy another, a little bit bigger roaster. And they're real proud of their, if you read like some of the reviews, it's, they're bragging on themselves of how they roast it, took it past first crack, this long and. John, so
2: what is the e-commerce uh, side of your business well, if it's not Amazon? We
1: sell all the coke, all the equipment you need. But we have customers that roast it in iron skillets. On uh, the basic machine is like the old Hamilton Beach popcorn, air popcorn popper concept. So people, they'll use a welding torch and roast coffee. I mean, we have it. <laughs> Then we have people with the fanciest fireplace, you know, rotisserie and all that, but we do sell all the equipment that, that, it's, uh, that roasts. So our e-commerce was strictly online and we decided we needed a retail version. Catherine was teaching people over the phone how to roast when they'd buy a roaster and I said, why don't we go down and create a school where people can come in. And sit down and learn to roast themselves so a lot of the people that come in and roast themselves at our store end up waiting on a holiday or father's day or whatever uh, christmas to holiday whenever for to buy a roaster so they come roast on our roasters until then and wait till their family will buy them one at holidays john uh
2: new orleans is like the you know the, the beginning of the coffee trade everything happened here and it's also a very always a very peculiar market for products to what did you m- met up with here
1: so one of the things we've learned is beside chicory all well, the tourists come in want chicory for their coffee which we have but when you come in there's a display that shows the different roast of coffee and a friend of mine came and looked at it and he said well french roast that dark that's the only way to drink coffee so catherine took him and got the same coffee and roasted it city City Plus, and a French. And let him, over the next couple weeks, try the coffee and see the different flavors that come out at different roasts and what he's been missing all this time. And so I would tell you that most of the people from New Orleans that come in and say, well, I want that French roast dark. I'm gonna do mine that way. They come in, they, I think a lot of people have moved more toward the medium to dark, medium dark roast. And because they're realizing the flavors they've been missing, because each roast has brings out different flavors of the coffee bean.
2: And John, I've got to ask you: people probably go into your shop thinking they're gonna get a cup of coffee, and then are shocked. And do
1: they turn around and leave, or do they? That's a good good question. (laughs) Fifty percent of the people stay. Um, First group: the women in Lululemon and coming in from yoga and cycling. They're leaving. The other people that come in and you've aroused their curiosity, decide to walk through, and our staff is great. They'll get you interested. It doesn't take long because the smell in the building is great. And, um, and we'll, 50% of people stay and end up taking coffee home for the night.
2: You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with John Puckett from Current Crop Roasting Shop on Magazine Street, where you roast your own coffee beans, and Celia Isabel from New Orleans' women-owned lifestyle brand NOLA Talk, spelled T-A-W-K. We'll continue our conversation when we come right back from this short break.
0: Support for Out to Lunch comes from Adita Corporate Staffing, Basic Swim and Gym, and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center. Michelle Weighing and Measurement. Calibration services and measurement equipment since 1947. New Orleans ice cream, available in select grocery stores.
2: And Rev Realtors. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with John Puckett from Current Crop Roasting Shop on Magazine Street, where you roast your own coffee beans. And Celia Isabel from the New Orleans women-owned lifestyle brand NOLA Talk. Celia, I keep thinking, uh, we've had a lot of people that were retailers on the show. You have a situation where um, you're wholesaling it, and then you are also have it in stores, and then people can buy it online. Uh, is there any conflict between there? Uh, do, you, do you establish, for instance, what the price has to be? or?
3: We do suggest, but some people are higher. Some people go by what we say, but we do have um, what it's called zip code protection. So within three miles, we guarantee that nobody within three miles of your specific address will have the same product to make it more special. That way you don't see it in every store. So we do offer that.
2: And of course, what does Talk stand for? I'm sorry. A what T-A-W-K. What oh,
3: because is- it was, um, I started in 2010. And then there was a radio, a, a talk show called NOLA Talk, spelled correctly, T-A-L-K. And I didn't have a name prepared. And I was with, like, the person helping me, like, open the business and everything. And he's like, don't worry, I'm going to get it. I'll just do T It'll be uh, pronounced the same, but it'll be spelled different. And it's very New Orleans. So I'm like, <laughs> okay. So that's how I got it. <laughs> Just on the spot.
2: (laughs) Silly obviously you did a lot of things. You had the towels, the kitchen towels. You had some other products. But what kind of got you onto the onesie market? Uh, You know, I see onesies with cute phrases on them and such. How does that market differ from the other things you're selling?
3: Well, we actually started with the pajamas. And there was nobody doing New Orleans-themed ones when we started. So that's how we became known. Like, we would... uh, we did our first batch, and then it sold out like within an hour. So then we started bringing more, and they would sell quickly. So then we started with the onesies, and then the onesies became just as popular as the pajamas. But we really started with the sleepwear.
2: And I, I would imagine you're thinking about, or if you're not doing it already, onesies and pajamas that have a different theme, like whatever they say that's funny in Dallas. I don't know what... Um, oh
3: like wording you mean yeah. we don't do that all of our st- all of our designs are just graphics we don't have any wording on them um, just personal preference but nothing
2: <laughs> and and John I've got to ask you when you said you started you had no idea what the demand was uh, how it would really all work and yet bankers gave you money uh, I don't <laughs> Did you know secrets about them or
1: <laughs> no. what was the edge there? <laughs> I'm pretty leveraged. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, you know, it it took some work to get them on board, but, but, you know, current crop being a new concept and no one else is doing this, that um, a lot of people wanted to buy in to, uh, you know, look at possibility of franchising uh, it's got a good possibility for that and so I think that's what some of them the people that invested in looked at, but most of it 's my money and uh, and the bank bank plus is uh, got a, they own a little bit of everything I have right now so but no we we had we didn't have any problems, and it was before the interest rate hikes up right. to this point, so we were very lucky there um but we were I think we're disappointed more that there are no small business, nothing but the SBA to get loans through. Mm-hmm. There are no really good state programs in Mississippi or Louisiana to offer emerging business, small businesses money. And it, it is a problem um, for that. And I wish there was more of that.
2: And you launched in Mississippi because that was home. And then yeah. I guess you used to come to New Orleans a lot. Yeah. So this is... a. Uh... And you mentioned scaling or doing something like this. Once you get the kinks out of it, and you you know all of this, I mean, it seems very scalable, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, it is. It it a lot of the cost can be spread out if you can do that, and yeah, the, the cost of the next one would not be anything near. But here we wanted, you know, we wanted to be New Orleans, so we got an old double shotgun house. Oh, it's great. We looking. looked two years before we did it because we wanted exactly what we knew what we wanted, and we weren't gonna do it if we couldn't get what we wanted and so we we it took us a good while to get it but we finally and we got what we wanted and you know so now the picture the the sketch of the building is kind of our that's not our logo but it's our image that people really like to get the t-shirts with it on and they you know it's very new orleansy so that's what we wanted so and celia what about um
2: you've you've got everything down obviously been doing this for 12, 13 years. Are there still some things that stick in your craw that are just still problematic and you wish you could get through them? What are, what are the worst ones?
3: Uh, worst thing that happened at the beginning, uh, we had a manufacturer and all of the trims, when they were washed, they weren't lab tested. Uh, the samples were lab tested, but when we get the the bulk order, it wasn't, and they would all stain. In so we had to recall them all and get, I mean, it, it's embarrassing as a company to have to do that, but it only happened once and we learned our lesson.
2: There's uh, some more checking and
3: uh, <laughs> yeah, but, and resilience,
2: right? I mean, you could have folded up the tent at that point, but you didn't.
3: No, we didn't. <laughs> we kept going. Then we learned about there's um, all sleepwear is regulated, but the U.S. Sleepwear Commissions, and they have specific rules. So we learned more about that and just little by little, the more you do it, the more you know yeah. what you're doing,
2: <laughs> and I would imagine you are. And I think of like saints' themes and such. You're kind of um, you're kind of governed by seasons. Uh-huh. We
3: are. So even when we do SEO optimis- optimization on our website, it's like it's constant. Like you ho- always have to be doing it um, because it's not like a pro, it's not coffee that it's always going to be the same. It's like every six months we got to be changing them or we get them prepped six months before and we. Um, kind of do it as a landing page and hide it. That way by the time it's launched, Google can, you know, it comes on a, at the top of the search. So yeah, we work on all that behind the scenes or while, you know, our new designs are coming out.
2: And then, you know what I would think is that you've got seasonality and you've got these long lead times. That's a pretty tough, <laughs> that's a pretty tough road.
3: Yes, and at the beginning we were doing um, air freight and we got to the point that we we now do it by ocean freight which is better for the environment as well but yeah it took a long time to get from there to now but now we know what we're doing
2: (laughs) (laughs) and john what about uh, you know here in the coffee business before that you know you had it online and then you have a store now what were you doing before
1: coffee (laughs) i was in a large family business in mississippi we were a caterpillar dealer in mississippi and Next generation was coming along, and it was time for me to get out for a little. So I didn't want to be the guy that told them how we used to do it all the time. And so I everybody to, hates that guy. Yeah, yeah, they do. So I went on and got out and stumbled across this. And uh, so. your
2: sister had a, a company that not completely the same, but that this.
1: Kind she of had. Teaching. She started a. She started a kitchen store in 1980, 81, back before the big cooking craze began and she started in Jackson it was a cooking schools with a cooking supply store built around it and back then you know Martha Stewart was starting out so she'd come for free and Emerald was no name and he'd come <laughs> up there and cook you know teach classes and had a lot of New Orleans chefs a lot of it and so when I was thinking I said well, that's what I came up with, with Catherine I was telling her why don't we go build a roasting school with a cookie with a uh, coffee supply roasting supply store around it, and go that way? So that's that's how we came up with the concept. Well, I'm glad well, you I'm said that, it that so. way
2: because I was telling people who was going to be on the show this week, and I couldn't quite explain in like eight words what what the store was about. Well,
1: when we're doing. We're trying to really focus on classes because when the class, when you come to a class, then you're going to go over to the bean library and just get lost in looking at all the beans and you'll know what you're looking for then. Um, So we really, classes are our big thing. And so we found out when we had the art show night on Magazine Street a few months ago, when people, the store was just very busy and we found out a lot that night. A lot of people more interested in the classes, and that's where they wanted to go back to the roasting lab, see the classes where they were, and what Catherine had up on the wall, and that it was uh, interactive and not, you know, watching her demonstrate. And so the classes are that's our focus. Where we're teaching three set classes a week or four, we're trying to get up to maybe ten classes during the week. So and
2: so how is um How has Amazon changed your business?
3: We don't sell on Amazon. Okay. Uh, That's one of our rules, and neither can the. We have over almost five hundred stores that buy from us uh, wholesale, and they're not allowed either to put our products on Amazon. And is the what is the reason for that? We want people to shop local at your, you know, at your the business and support your local people. That's what makes the community better, and the money stays in the in the where you shop.
2: More people should stand yeah, their ground there, but,
3: they, but you're yes. doing it. Yes, we are. We're, we we don't it. have any products on Amazon.
1: Yes, yeah, all of our equipment that we sell is I call Amazon protected. None of the vendors will let anyone sell at one dollar less than their price, and if they sell on Amazon for a dollar less, they get canceled. And so we, you can come in and look at one of our brewers or roasters or grinders. And so I'm going to go home, and look at it on Amazon. You're not going to find it less price. And if you do, we'll report it. But all our vendor, one vendor tried to get away from that. And all of us in this market blackballed him basically. (laughs) And it didn't work for him. He lost all his old long-term relationships with all of the people he'd been doing business with. And so he came back begging everybody to start carrying his roaster again. He'd made a mistake. And so, yeah, we're Amazon protected that way. It's important to shop local and
3: support your local stores, yeah.
2: You know, I think we can all agree it's nice to do something for somebody else. Uh, Giving someone a birthday or housewarming present or buying a child a pair of pajamas makes you feel good. On the other hand, it's nice to do something for yourself, like indulging your appreciation of coffee by roasting your own coffee beans. Celia and John, there aren't too many conversations that cover the ground between the two poles of human behavior, indulgence and altruism, represented by coffee beans and onesies. It has been great to meet you. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank Thank you. you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Celia Isabel, the CEO of NOLA Talk, and John Puckett, owner of Current Crop Roasting Shop, and its online counterpart, Coffee Bean Corral. We edited the show to fit into our time slot here on WWNO. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Celia's store and John's beans by listening to the Out to Lunch podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch podcast on your podcast app and on our website, itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Out to Lunch social media. These photos were taken today by Jill Lafleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Murrell. and our researcher is Maggie Mendel. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business, New Orleans style. On Out to Lunch. Out to
0: Lunch was recorded live over lunch at the Nola Brewing Tap Room, 3001 Shop at Tula Street. Open seven days a week. Nola Brewing Tap Room has a wide variety of craft beers and authentic hand-tossed New York-style city pizza by Nola Pizza. More information is at nolabrewing.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.